0: If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. Hi. Hello. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Bunny? Oh, I'm really well, thank you. And look at you all, gorgeous and Christmassy.
1: Yeah, I love Christmas. I always kind of try and get into it as much as possible. I I thought of you because I've been making my own Christmas decorations, and like I've got like my stuff here. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do
0: you like
1: Christmas?
0: You fan? I think yeah. I, I like Christmas, but I'm not. I don't put a huge amount of effort into anything. I've never really felt pressured or anything with Christmas, but I'm a quite a lazy person. So I just, if something goes wrong, I don't. I just kind of just go, oh well. Oh god, that sounds amazing! <laughs>
1: Teach me your ways, please. <laughs> Honestly, I love to be like that. It sounds so nice. No, really, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I, I, you know, I think I, I struggle with, um, with, with worrying too much about stuff. So it's, it sounds lovely, actually.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's how I kind of, I mean, I, it does, it is kind of a, a good thing at times. And then at other times it's not because, you know, when it comes to, gosh, I guess sort of like, you know, attention to detail and things, not in my work, but in other areas, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. I'm just like, oh, it'd be fine. I've just been on the on the phone this morning to British Gas.
1: Yeah. because
0: my meter reading hasn't changed not my meter reading but my direct debit hasn't changed And I'm on one of these smart meters and I'm thinking this is a bit weird because coming into winter and mm-hmm. all of this kind of stuff I was thinking yeah. mm, you know Anyway, she's like, oh, yeah, we haven't had a meter reading from the smart meter for a c- c- couple of months, you know, quite a few months. And I'm thinking, oh, my Lord. Anyway, I have just thought, oh, do you know what, whatever, what, it, w- you know, it'll be what it'll be. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. I have to, if I have to pay a big bill, I have to pay a big bill. And, and so be it. There's no point in worrying about it anyway.
1: Yeah, there's, so, a lovely, there's a lovely quote, which I was listening I heard the other day, which is, if you can fix it, why worry? And if you can't fix it, why worry? And
0: I think that's just so true. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean that, yeah. I'm not I'm not a big worrier anyway, but um but it's so nice to see you. I haven't seen you since our coaching back in sort of Augusty time. It's been a oh while. it's been months now, hasn't it? Yeah. I'll never forget our coaching conversation about metaphors. That was honestly, <laughs> that was such a big moment for me. <laughs> because I was I was being a bit well I didn't really understand what the what we were supposed to do and sometimes when I don't understand things I kind of put a bit of a front on and I can get a bit like oh well you know well I don't really understand it but oh go on then I'll give it a go and then it kind of just sort of evolved I think I ended up crying and it all ended up about boundaries or something and I'll never forget that conversation with you. it was a really really amazing don't know how many minutes it was but it just kind of brought up quite a few things it was um, very interesting yeah I, I
1: think like I think that that was the thing wasn't it from like the NLP was um, kind of the power of things that we take for granted kind of the the, the power of things like metaphors and the language we use and all of those things and it it really was kind of astounding how these things we use every day can be kind of molded into helping us heal i think and i think that's what was kind of amazing about metaphors because yeah i never realized i was using metaphors in my everyday life to try and make sense of what was going on for me and it is it kind of like puts everything into this concise little kind of image or thing and it's very powerful to do that because the universe of what's going inside us is so expansive and so large and we need ways of simplifying it I think yeah
0: definitely so I'd love you just to introduce yourself tell us who you are what you're doing because I know that you're now doing your coaching Am I right? I'm right in thinking you're doing coaching. So you know, as much or as little of your background as you want to add. I know you've, I know you've led a, an incredible life. So anything that you want to put in or leave out is absolutely fine. But I'd love to know a little bit more about you, and then we can talk about your business and where you're going and everything.
1: So yeah. So um, my name's Hannah Tari, and I'm a life coach. I kind of started my journey. It's been a while since I started, but in terms of my journey of who I am now. But when I came to coaching, it was oh, just over uh, kind of a year and a half ago. and It's been like this big kind of love affair, really, that kind of helped me personally put everything into context. And it also enabled me to find my purpose and to find my direction of life. Um, so my business is helping uh, women to kind of connect to their individuality and it's a very big thing I think individuality in terms of it's it's a very very big subject in terms of if it's very personal but it's also quite universal so it's a kind of interesting topic I think but um yeah I help I help women essentially the poetic way of putting it is I help women connect to their essence and I think we all have an essence I kind of see it as this like magical grain of sand that we all have in us. And I feel very passionately and deeply that we live a very rich life if we're connected to it. So that's kind of what I do and that's my, 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 my passion. And I hope I can help every, you know, as many women as I can connect to themselves because I think when we connect to ourselves, we have a, an amazing relationship with other people and we have an amazing relationship with life and that's so you know so yes um yeah so that's kind of what I'm doing I'm doing yeah I do life coaching NLP and I'm also training to be an emotional freedom practitioner as well which is really a beautiful yes. practice no not many people know about emotional freedom yeah that's the
0: the the tap in the uh, the is it with the eyes
1: yeah, it's kind of around the body. It's related to acupuncture, and it's also related to EMDR. In terms, of it's kind of like EMDR light. That's um, that's
0: the one that I was yeah. thinking about. So yeah, so it's the so it's the tapping. The yeah, tapping. yeah, yeah, exactly the tapping.
1: <laughs> exactly. yes. tap, like, yes. I, yes. I say like tap it out, basically like tapping out emotion. But it's a very powerful um practice, and I think people are really spooked by how easy it is. Really, because I think people think that, I, including myself, that things have to be really complicated in order for things
0: to work. Do you know what yes, I mean? It? Like, <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny how actually you can keep it really, really simple yeah and, and get the most you know massive impact from it, and then people go on oh and it's almost like you want they want it to be really complicated. And they're like, no, no, it's dead simple. Yeah. <laughs> it really works um that's that's fine. And so I'm guessing that these have helped you know, if you're, if your main, The main core of your business is to kind of help people find their essence. Is this something that you have done personally um, and maybe you've got such a lot out of that you want to then share with others?
1: Yeah, like a 100%. I think my journey, my personal journey was very much one of feeling that I was defined by something that happened to me rather than me defining me and I kind of had this I had a very very hard time when I was 19 because my mother committed suicide and my previous to that my brother had died as well and so I, I very much was living very very marked by trauma and so my 20s with my mother dying I had to move into my own apartment at night well at 19 and I had to live basically (laughs) find out how to live and find out how to survive without you know with having my whole life changed in a day literally one day and everything's different and so that was a big thing and I felt very um I think the worst thing actually when I think about it was feeling really sad that I had to live what I felt was this massive scar that basically people were telling me and I very much believed that I had to be the way I was be someone who lived with trauma and be someone who was defined by something that happened to them that was out of their control so yeah I did I I I lived that way for a long time and I lived with everyone telling me all different kinds of things about myself and all different kinds of things about who I should be. And then I basically, along my journey of being quite lost, but what I didn't realize is I, I was learning a lot about how to find yourself, basically. It's a really weird thing when you're lost because you're kind of you trying to find your compass. And that's what I was trying to do. I was really, really trying to find my compass. And I and I did eventually. I, I very much did, but I think it's funny, Bonnie, because I think you know what I didn't realize throughout the whole thing was that it, I had it in me all the time. It was that I was, I was not being true to myself. You know, I think that's a really interesting thing. Is it's like you know, you, everyone has it in them. It's it's kind of I find my job to be helping people come back to themselves, rather than to go away from themselves, if that makes any sense.
0: Mm, Yeah, yes, yeah, because like you say, you know, going through something like that is, I mean, you you just can't contemplate it. It, it, it's just the most awful thing, and and, and at that young age as well, the influence you have from other people and other people almost telling you how you should be feeling, how this is going to be the rest of your life and everything like that, like you were saying. And, you know, you take you take that on. It, it's you, you're still growing as a person. So they become men, your beliefs. And it's almost like your your belief system is this is this is how I am. And I honestly believe that anything that is not part of who you are, like your essence that you you talked about before, anything that's not part of that essence feels alien. So it will come out as anxiety, as stress, as anger, as whatever, because it's almost like your inner being, if you like, you know, just going, no, this isn't me. But then you kind of have to go, well, you know, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is how... Nobody tells you how to grieve. I don't think somebody can tell you how to grieve because we all have different ways of, of coping with it. Some of us kind of just put it away and hope it'll go away and then it kind of comes out and manifests itself in, in other things. But but people are very good at telling you how, oh well, this is going to happen and you're, you're going to have to live with this now and you're going to have to do that. And I think it takes an incredibly strong person to be able to actually come out of that and just go hang on a second, this isn't me. This isn't how I want to live my life. And, you know, I, when we were talking in our coaching, it really resonated with me how, cause we all told our personal stories and everything, and it was incredibly emotional, but yours really, really sat with me. And I was like, this woman is amazing. She is uh, incredible, you know, so strong and everything. Not because you've kind of just got over this, this terrible time in your life, but because you've taken it and you've done something with it and you've grown with it and you're, you're not allowing that to then dictate how the rest of your life is going to pan out. And that is such a strong message. That's a reaction I get a
1: lot when I do tell my story is how strong I am. But the way I see it in myself is I don't think I am <laughs> Stronger than someone else, really. I mean, I think, I, don't, I honestly don't think that's true. I think the only thing that I did, really, was live with hope and, and live with and kind of internalize hope. And also, um, believed, believed that it could be better you know like I think I believed it could be better it could be better than it was and and but I don't know Bonnie I don't think I am stronger I think I very much used ways of coming out of it you know yeah I mean there were there were actual skills and things to come out of it and I really think out of what we how pe- what people separate how we are separated from other people is a thing of resources you know in the sense that I don't think there is anything really different about me and someone who lives homeless the only difference is is that I have more resources than that person be it education or understanding or knowledge or money whatever it is it's it's it's, it's resource and I think belief is a resource you know, it can be used as a as a resource. Whatever we believe about ourselves really is the case, but beliefs can be changed. You know, as as I think, you know, beliefs really change with how I see myself. Definitely.
0: And with the um, so did you did you did you kind of seek out somebody to help you, or was it more of a resourcefulness within you that was like? Gosh, this isn't me. I do want to change. I need to find different things to be able to help. Or, or did was there sort of like um a, a, a you know a moment in time where you just thought, like, I've got to do something about this. I need some help.
1: No, I did. I actually sought out a lot of help. <laughs> a lot of help. I went, I, I really, really was like, I I I want to get out of this. I really want to get out of this. How do I get out? And I mean. I I went to a lot of different therapists. I really should have a you know. I saw a lot of different people, and I was told a lot of different. I basically got diagnosed with probably every single condition, <laughs> everything uh, possible, and I was put on different medications. I I mean the whole the whole lot really, and this is where you know I think let me just make something very clear I think the mental health industry is incredible I think therapy is incredible I think how it helps people is absolutely amazing and I think that labels that people are called to understand their conditions are very very empowering in the right situations Um, like things like maybe someone having depression or bipolar or anxiety or whatever it is Is very empowering for that person because they understand what's wrong, you know, with them in a sense. In my what happened with me is I was very frustrated by the labels people were calling me, someone telling me, labeling me as depressed or labeling me as having anxiety, or these labels really affected me because I felt like I. Again, was kind of doomed to living a certain way, with, again, a kind of mark on me that someone else had put on me. And I didn't feel with anything with anything that I was called that it was right. I just didn't feel like it sat with me, you know, that I was, you know, bipolar, for example. But I didn't believe that, really in my essence. Um, so I guess to answer your question, I think they did actually going to a lot of therapists helped me understand what I wasn't and what kind of help I did need. It was kind of that thing of getting lost in order to be found. But I think the most empowering thing, and this is the thing that really was the game changer, was discovering coaching because coaching allowed me to own my story rather than for my story to own me and that was a huge i mean that was gold that was pure gold for me
0: okay. is that the the learning the coaching models and how kind of you know how to coach because i um i i feel very similarly about that as well when i did my coaching course back in 2014 or whatever um it was like oh my goodness you know, it really helped me understand why I was behaving in certain ways, why I was um, reacting in certain ways, that kind of thing, just bringing the, the, the different models and everything that they, you know, that kind of come into, like when you're learning about coaching and everything like that. And not necessarily being coached, but learning about how to coach had a huge impact on me and how I behaved and how I kind of showed up, I guess. Um, uh, the biggest impact I've ever had really.
1: Yeah. And it's incredible, wasn't it, Bonnie? Because I feel like when we, when, what I love about you know the coaching is that these are all tools that we learn that we, everyone that learns them can coach themselves rather than like solely relying on other people to kind of feed you what you need. Does that, does that make, does that resonate with you? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. 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 Being able to self coach, being able to, you know talk yourself down from a from a situation like the like the British gas conversation I just had (laughs) you know um oh well we haven't been able to take a a smart meter reading for a few months yet and oh and gosh there's been a really high spike and I'm like oh my goodness so of course I come off thinking oh I've got a smart meter and you know inside getting really angry because I'm like this is the reason I've got a smart meter and then all of a sudden I'm thinking am I getting all worked up about this I don't know what the outcome is because they haven't told me what the outcome is they're going to call me later so I'm just gonna leave it and if I have to pay a big bill I have to pay a big bill (laughs) and that's it (laughs) you know so what could be like a, a big a big eruption and completely ruin my day was literally five minutes of me getting a bit you know angry and then going oh for god's sake calm down Bonnie
1: yeah I completely relate I can completely relate to that I think You know, whereas it's again the kind of like the 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 flipping it over. Whereas emotions very much could define me. My emotions could define me in the past. It more feels like I am. I have a a equal relationship (laughs) with my emotions and my head. I don't know, but I completely. I can know exactly what I mean, and it's amazing to me. And I think it's incredible how people change. I was thinking this and thinking back, like the way that we're able to kind of develop and become these people that it's a beautiful thing. It's like a hero's journey thing, you know, to look back and see how much we've grown and how much I've changed is is truly amazing. I don't know if you feel the same about your journey, Bonnie.
0: Oh gosh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean I've I've changed hugely, hugely. Um with I mean I've done a lot of a lot of internal work to deal with, you know, different things, you know, grief and trauma and all of that kind of stuff. And it wasn't something actually that I decided I needed help with. It was something that I was telling myself I didn't need help with, but particularly the grief, you know, and and what had happened in my marriage and everything. And I, I believed myself as being a strong person that didn't need that help. So it was just pushed away and a very astute my my coach Susie Pearl very astute lady we would we were um she was helping me with my book or that's why why she came on board was because I wanted to write a book so and she's an author and that's what she was going to coach me with and she just we were getting to know each other and she was just asking questions and she caught something I think I'd raised my eyebrow about something and she went oh hang on a second right let's just you know and asked me a few very pertinent questions and then it all came out it was clearly the right time it was clearly with the right person but I hadn't realized that I'd needed it and how much it would help and how much else came out from it you know you think oh yes I need help with you know the grief of somebody somebody dying and I need help with being able to kind of talk about mental abuse and everything like that But then everything else that kind of comes with that, like the boundaries thing that we were talking about right at the beginning, that's been huge for me. And it might seem like quite a small thing, but setting yourself really good, strong, healthy boundaries in personal and in business life, it makes a massive difference. And what it does is it allows you not to get upset by tripped over by all of that kind of stuff you know i used to get like somebody might write me an email or something and the the email might be a bit rude you know for example and i've i've got to understand that when somebody sends me an email where they're like oh my, this has been rubbish and i couldn't find this and i couldn't find this and this was this wasn't right and this wasn't right I really understand that 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 that's their anger coming out in that email to me it's their frustration with themselves it's nothing to do with me nothing to do with me and and being able to put put boundaries in so that I know what I can or I know what I will and I won't accept now is has been a game changer For me, because, you know, you get these comments and they'd literally they'd they'd filter in and they'd sit with you and you'd be mulling them over and you'd feel them here, you know, and you'd still an hour's time. You'd still be thinking about them and your heart would start racing. There'd be some silly comment, that somebody said, you know, some throwaway comment. And now because I've set myself these boundaries and I and I understand how people work, I'm not triggered by them. Mm.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think I can totally relate to that. And these, I think, you know, these niggling things that happen in life and the amount of kind of the emotions it brings up, you know, these little comments. And then all of a sudden, it's like that little worm in your mind, like in my mind, I can feel it, you know, I can feel it in my mind being like, Ugh. and and I think actually like one thing that really was like, moment like a light bulb moment for me was this thing where I was really worried about my about my dog who was ill and you know I I was putting a lot of energy into worrying about it and I was in bed and I I I remember I'll never forget this moment where I just was like you know what I love me first and literally it was an insane moment because I, I could feel all of this anxiety leave my body. It just was like a sieve where it just went. And it was incredible because I think we do, we, we put so much effort and time into these things about worrying about other people, especially women, I think, because we care, you know, we care a lot. And all of a sudden we totally forget about our own boundaries as you said and our own priorities of looking after ourselves. In fact, I think you know self-love has got a very um can be very much interpreted as selfish. And I could not I disagree wholeheartedly with that statement,
0: actually. I don't know, yeah, I think it's right. Uh, yes, I, I I agree. And it, and it's funny because actually there's a part of me earlier in my life where I did see it as being selfish and I did think you know I mean I'm, I'm a, a mum and you know I was married and everything and and it was almost like well you can you can't you, you know that I can't have that time to myself because that's really selfish I should be doing something for for somebody else and 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 that has changed hugely for me this year as well so I do an awful lot of self-care now I've been swimming this morning, so why my hair's like <laughs> but I go swimming. I I not only go swimming, I sort of swim for like half an hour, then I go in the cold pool and <laughs> sit there gasping for a bit. Um, and then I go in the thermal pool and I sit with all of the bubbles around me, and then I go in the sauna and I don't take my phone with me, and I have sort of probably about an hour, hour and a half of of just utter bliss. <laughs> It's wonderful. And I would have seen that as being an utter waste of time and completely selfish.
1: Yeah, I know. And it is is—it is amazing because I'm, on a rational level, like if I was going to bring it down to a metaphor, it's kind of this thing of if we're a water container and we keep giving, you know, like keep providing the water and then we get to the bottom and there's nothing more how how is it possible it's just not possible to give anything to anyone else it's just it won't be because the energy would have been sapped, completely sapped. Yeah. we we're no really it's the most unselfish thing that anyone can do because we we're no good to anyone if we don't you know no. take care of ourselves really
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And, and actually that that's almost like the beginning part well I think people have different starting points. They suddenly realize one thing, and then there's like this bit of a roller coaster. And they think, "Oh, hang on a second, I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got this." So, why have so many people who they want to do something but they don't have time, or you know, they're they're too busy. They've got they've got to do this and they've got to do this. And oh, I just can't. I just don't have time. And and actually, that prioritizing time for the things that are really important for us that that make us happy and that refill that you know big watering can of water that's what it is that self-care that stuff that we do for ourselves it refills it
1: yeah you know
0: it's um um, it's it's like a magical thing it's like i know you like harry potter as well don't you oh
1: gosh i love harry potter yeah
0: so it's the it's the <laughs> it's the bit where he's with Hagrid and um and Professor what's his name and uh and he's trying to get the um <laughs> he's trying to get the information out of um um Tom Riddle and the Horcrux. and basically he's there under the table filling the wine jar keep, keeps filling the wine jar you know so that they get really drunk and then and then they, he tells him but it's like that it's that magic isn't it the the magic of doing stuff for us and and really enjoying what makes us happy has that magic ability to be able to fill our cup again and, and, you know, right up to the brim. And then you've got enough energy for everybody else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it is that. And I, you know, I also believe as well though, that it is, and I think women frame it as, you know, the selling point is kind of like love yourself so you can love other people. But I think actually we all have a real right to live with looking after ourselves. We have a loyalty to ourselves as well. And I think it is, it is something that is very selfish, but that's seen as very selfish. But what about, what about the relationship that we have to ourselves? You know, would we want to see someone else treated the way that we treat ourselves? And I think, you know, I don't know, there are some times that I hear, I hear people's thoughts and my thoughts. And I think if that was said to someone else, I would think that person was horrible, actually. You know, when we hear the kind of language we use with ourselves and the way that we frame things. And it is, it is that of like, well, you know, we, we really have the right to live life to the full and to be true to ourselves and there is a lot of guilt around it I think
0: Bonnie you're right there is no yeah definitely and do you know when when you start thinking about that internal voice I think we become a, a, a little bit immune to the sound of it we get so used to what it's saying that it's almost like we stop hearing it and we just do what we know it's saying Do you know what I mean? Um, And if we really listen to our internal voice and we really listen to the tone that it uses, it's very interesting then to sort of see, you know, go, oh, gosh, hang on a second. Yeah, I'm really not very kind to myself. I, I see it when words are spoken as well. And I think the spoken word is so important. You were talking about labels before and how. Actually, it's very empowering to add labels on certain things so that people know what's going on with them. My sister, my little sister, was diagnosed with Asperger's a few years ago, and that was like amazing. She's like, I now know why I behave like I behave, and I'm just so happy that I've now got a thing. This is me now. And that was really, really, really helpful for her but then i see people writing things so i i've got a few groups on facebook and and they're obviously all around art and everything like that and you see people the words that they use and you just think you know gosh if you just flipped those words around and just used an alternative your post that that comes across as really sort of quite unhappy and, you know, and I understand that people get unhappy about things and they get stressed about things and it gets really frustrating. But if you continue to use those words, written, spoken, internally, you become those words. That's what you become. And that's why I don't like putting labels on like things like imposter syndrome and stuff like that, because it, it almost gives you, you then become that thing. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like my sister has become somebody with Asperger's, which she is. And that's incredibly brilliant for her. But if somebody, you know, continually says, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. Oh, well, you know, I've got imposter syndrome. Oh, gosh, you know, I'm, um, you become that thing. And for me, the power of language, I think, is incredibly important. I do it myself. I had um, a session with somebody last week and I said, um, you know, I said, I need to be more organized. And she was like, Bonnie, why are you using this language? Need means that, you know, it's almost like a negative word. It means that you're not doing it now. And actually, it's a bad thing that you're not doing it in that context that context that we were talking about. She said, you know, if you swap that need with want, I want to do it, it becomes much more positive mm. and it becomes something that you know what I do want to do that. Mm. So I'm gonna a need almost like makes me want to rebel against it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, agree. I
1: know. And I, I tried to consciously as well use that language like, you know, I need to tidy up I need to do this. It's like well, I want, I want to tidy up, I want to do this for me because it ties back to my values. And what I, you know, what is, what is important to me. I was thinking this the other day as well as I was, how there's a problem. I can't even remember what the problem was now. But I was, remember, I was going over this problem and I was thinking, oh my God, this problem. And I really had this delight moment because I was like, I'm choosing, you know, choosing this problem. Because I think we kind of, we forget as well that everything is sort of, sort of a choice, but it really doesn't feel like a choice. I like guess it sort of is, but it doesn't feel like it. And I think it's owning that we, as well, are are choosing a problem in a sense. But but we do do choose problems. We do choose problems according to what we value again and what we what's important to us. But it's nice to know. I think that we kind of we're the head of the problem (laughs) that we that we. I don't know if that makes sense. But it's kind of to be aware that we can live according to what we're fighting for what we want what our dreams are what uh how we want our life to be and we're therefore choosing that to be a problem what we're struggling with because we're trying to get there and we're trying to be what we want to be if that makes any sense yeah
0: yeah no I think it I think it does and you and you are right I mean I know some people will probably say you know well when I'm worrying about something, it's not a choice. It's not a choice. It's just you know I'm worrying about it because it's important. Actually, if you thought about it, and if you had that that conversation with somebody, that coaching conversation, you probably, probably realise that, yeah, what what am I worrying about? Why am I worrying about this? You know, I mean, for me, uh, for me, it is a total and utter waste of time. My time worrying about something that's going to happen in the future. Mm. So, my but my husband used to it was a funny old thing um he used to love parties and stuff like that he'd be the life and soul he'd be singing he'd be you know the run up to the party he would be paranoid he would be worried he would be dreading it my family's a bit of a huggy kissy family and he'd be like I'm going to have to kiss your mum and I was like well don't kiss my mum or she'd be really upset and I was like no she won't just don't just don't kiss her, you know. It doesn't doesn't matter. I'm like, what are you worrying about it for? And he would be an absolute ogre for a couple of weeks before this party. And I'd be like, I get to this party, and I'd be thinking, Oh my god, this is just going to be the most. Or, and then he'd be singing, he'd be doing the karaoke. Everybody went, Oh my god, Dave is the life and soul of the party. And I'm like, You should have seen him for the last two weeks worrying what this party was going to be like. I mean. And I, and I kept on saying to him, what is the point in, in worrying? And he, he couldn't help it. I mean, he did have, you know, some very awful mental health issues. But for me, I'm like, if I can't do anything about it, what's, what's yeah. the point? And that, that, I think that's a mechanism that I've got. I don't think that's a something that everybody's got, but I do think it's something that you can learn. Yeah.
1: I think you can learn it. And again, it's, it is this thing where we all live as well with vulnerability. We all live with being human because we're all human and we all are these perfectly imperfect creatures that walk around who are genuinely doing the best they can, you know? Yeah. And genuinely doing the best, we're all doing the best we can. And I think it's, and that being a very important point that, we are just people and we're trying our best. And I think the great thing is that we can, as you just said, Bonnie, we can we can try and learn these skills and learn these things that help us on a day-to-day basis because life can be really, really challenging. But as you mm. said, it is, it is very much this thing of if I can be in charge of myself as much as I can, if I can fully understand myself as much as I can and I can fully love myself and who I am as much as I can, it can be better and it can be easier. And I can live, you know, with joy. And mm. that's, that's
0: a really, you know, yeah, we're not here forever, are we? We're here for a very short time. Well, we are here for a really short time. And, and you and I both know that, you know, it goes in the blink of an eye, doesn't it? And, and actually, finding ways of living I mean it sounds really cliche doesn't it you know living your best life you know living a life of bliss and everything but honestly it's so nice when you get to a point where you're just like you know I'm really comfortable with who I am I'm really happy with what I'm doing and I'm really happy with the with the world around me I know there are horrific things going on in the world my view of the world and this was something that really struck me as well was the, the map of the world oh, it's the NLP thing is it a map of the world
1: map the uh the, the life the life map no the yeah the, well it's, it's everybody it's, has a different... yeah the 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 map is not the territory that that's yeah. that what yeah. you mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. we all yeah. have a different view of you know what the world looks like i choose to see the world as 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 an amazing as an amazing place that's given me you know amazing opportunities and everything i don't have a um i've got an, i've got quite a lot of sisters and i have one sister who is she is one of those people who would be with a banner at a you know <laughs> you know up there for women's rights and all. in fact i've got a couple of well three sisters who would be very much like that whereas i'm sort of not i see myself sort of very i'm not kind of up here i'm not kind of down there i'm just in the middle i'm just kind of happy to be me and i'm i'm happy to have my life and i don't have hugely strong views about things whereas a couple of my sisters have incredibly strong views about things and which is wonderful because we have to have all of these different people you know we have to have people who have those strong views because they're the ones that make the changes they're the ones that make the changes for the environment environment for for rights for all of that kind of thing and you know you couldn't have everybody like me just Well, actually, it'd be quite a nice, quite a nice thing, actually. Just be like, (laughs) but you know what I mean? You have to have these different people and you have to have those, these people all have a different version of the same world. So, you know, I might be like, I I think, I think the world's wonderful. And you might have somebody else who's like, oh my God, the world's the most horrific place. How can we possibly, you know, bring a child into this place? What's going to happen with the world? And, and what, some people might see that as me being very naive and maybe, you know, putting my head under the sand and all of that kind of thing. But I, I, it's, it really is just how I view the world. You know, I, I choose not to... I know the big things that are happening and I and I give an awful lot to charity. I, that's one of the things. I don't really shout about it an awful lot, but I give a, a lot to charity. And that's kind of almost like my my way of going, I know what's happening. And this is kind of the only thing that I feel I can do. Yeah. Um I don't know whether it's because if I if I started to because I don't watch the news. And I think if I started to watch the news, I think I would just become so sad and completely disillusioned. And my whole energy would go down and I don't think I would so that's my choice to do that. But then but then I'll give money to charity and I'm like I've I've, it might not be what other people think is needed other people might be there you know making pizzas in you know Poland and all of this kind of stuff for me I can give money and that that's my I can support that way and that's that's how I can do it and I think that's what we've all got to realize is that everybody is so different and they have a different version and they have a different way of being able to Allow themselves to be okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and exactly that. I, mean, I think I think you're right. I think we are all so different, and it's what makes the place, this world, so colourful and so vibrant. Is is the people and how we can all teach each other about life, about how we see the, the world, our perspective, and it is truly remarkable. I think. I think you're right. I think, and that's kind of the thing is that I love it when people do connect with who they are because it it really adds flavor. It adds a lot to the world in terms of how we can help each other. Because if we, we all have a story, all have a unique perspective and we all have something very much to give. But I do agree with you in terms of that, you know, watching the news and everything. I think also living with a sense that love always has the final word in a sense and living with that kind of, that uh, that hope is so important and so vital. Yeah,
0: I do think it's very true. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I've got all of these things going on in my head at the moment and I'm thinking, do you know what? I would love to do a regular session with you really where we just kind of pick something (laughs) and then we just talk about it (laughs) I think that would be really because it's you know for me um you know I do all my live streams and everything like that but then to be talking about this stuff that I've learned and I'm I am quite passionate about to be able to talk about it have have a really fascinating conversation not necessarily with somebody who has exactly the same views as me but be able to listen and go oh yeah I I get I get that I understand that and you know um I think I don't know whether you'd be up for that but it'd be really nice to have sort of like a you know we'd have coach Hannah (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, just just before because we've got we've we've got sort of like a about 10 minutes left um i'd really like to know a little bit more about you know your business and what you're planning on doing who you're hoping to help all of that kind of stuff so a bit of a bit of a plug for your business
1: yeah so in terms of in terms of my business i work with women um so my business is 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 kind of fully centered on helping women um with individuality it's a thing with with women, I find that seems to be a little bit of a struggle, a little bit more without being stereotypical, a little bit more of a struggle sometimes for women than it is for men, just because of, you know, the social conditionings, the history of how women have been treated, how we've been treated. And I won't want to get into all the politics and, and all of that over it. But, but we've, we kind of did end up in a place where we had to be a certain way and we had to be in this kind of mold and live by this mold and I think that we have now come to an incredible point in history and where when we are we do have the opportunity to be heard and to be seen and to be um, acknowledged for who we are and without having to be you know, a woman, in quotations. And I think this is really incredible. We're sitting on a lottery ticket here, and I really want every single woman to cash it in. And it doesn't mean, in terms of being individual, doesn't mean not being a woman. In fact, I would argue completely the opposite of that, because I consider myself to be, in my private life, very feminine in terms of my energy in terms of I love things that sparkle and I love all of the girly stuff but I want to be seen and I want to be acknowledged for more than that and I really feel passionately that we live in a world where I want to help women break free of this mold so that we can actually Give our you know the children that we bear and everything they live in a better world because that's how it works, isn't it, Bonnie? You know pain breeds pain breeds pain, and it kind of is this thing where it trickles down into every single generation, and then all the children have to basically put up with you know the things that we didn't sort out for ourselves. you know they get the leftovers, so to speak, so again, it is a very unselfish thing, and it's a very beautiful thing when I see it with clients when they connect to themselves you know the light in the eyes and and the way that they live and the way they're able to give more and love themselves so that's kind of my work in terms of my work I kind of I I I work with all different kinds of women young professionals uh, especially who are trying to you know find their path and find who they are And I also, I I do coaching and I use NLP and I will be using EFT as well, but I work with women very much on the, on the basis that it's not me giving them therapy. It's very, very helping add a bit of water or a bit of nutrient to help them flourish and to help them grow. And it's it's a beautiful thing to be part of. It's a real
0: privilege, actually. Mm. That sounds that sounds wonderful. I, I'd really like to know a little bit more about the EFT. I mean, I know a little bit about it, and I have done it. I see it as almost like an interrupter uh, for thoughts and everything. But can you just sort of talk a little bit more about EFT because it it is fascinating and it is really helpful. Yeah,
1: I think EFT is going to be revolutionary in terms of what it gives what it's going to give to the mental health profession and I'll be I'm an advocate for 100 It it is something that is sort of seen still as a little bit woo-woo um mm-hmm. by professionals and I kind of sit back and I find it funny because I feel like it's, it's I'm part of a movement just like kind of um I don't know, a hippie movement, just like, you know, feminism back in the 60s, or racism, how people were repressed, or any kind of repression, in a sense, I see it as a a kind of thing where what's seen as crazy then becomes normal. So I feel like this is going to be normalized in like, 50 to 50 years time, whatever. And I, I was the, one of the first good to say it which kind of feels good um but it is very much linked to um emdr and emdr being trauma treatment i know from my own personal experience that nothing helped me so much as eft and emdr because i really believe wholeheartedly that any kind of well most in quotations problems to do with mental health really link back to trauma and to things that have happened in our life that actually become stored in our body because there's a there's there's research now showing that trauma is actually stored in our body and when we can't figure out what's wrong it's literally trapped trauma but that's simplifying it a lot but eft is basically emdr light it's like coca-cola light compared to emdr when we go through, when we walk around our, in our day, we all have things that happen, negative things that sort of build up, just like we were talking about at the beginning and things that niggle at us and things. And it's kind of like EFT. I see it as kind of like keeping maintenance on the body, keeping maintenance on the mind. It's kind of like everyday MOT checks, if that makes any sense. We don't... Well, happens when we get angry is that you know it gets stored so something niggly happens it's like putting a penny in a jar and then another thing happens and you put penny in the jar and before you know it all these pennies have added up in a very not in a good way because you know who would say no to a can of money but it's more that these all get added up and then what happens is we struggle deeply And with every penny that gets added as well, it adds to a belief about ourselves. And it's like every penny can add to, I'm a failure, for example, or I'm not lovable. And it adds up. And EFT really is releasing it from the body. So it's no longer a problem for us. And it's it's maintenance. It's self-care in the most beautiful form. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and in the in, a, in the simplest, what it is it is sort of points on your body that you you tap. But how I've sort of learned it, and anyway, on a very very simple scale, tapping, but also with a mantra that goes with it.
1: Yes, it's very important. Also, with tapping, it is points of the body that we release. With the EFT, it's very you think of the thing. So you, the mantra that's used. Uh, quite a lot is I love even though I have this I completely and deeply love and accept myself today and then you use that mantra and then you can kind of focus in on the memory or the thing that's upsetting and you, 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 you literally tap it out of your body again I'm aware how crazy this does sound to some people Completely yeah. and utter woo woo land. In fact, Bonnie, I go as far as to say that part of me sometimes is like, "This is insane." You know, that very <laughs> rational part of me, <laughs> that very rational part, is, "You are crazy." You know, to think this would work, but it does, and that's just the, that's just the truth. That's just
0: you know, proof is in the pudding, as it's as you, as as I, I mean, I I love woo. I, I absolutely love woo. Um, I can't remember whether you whether you follow her as well but i'm going to amsterdam in may to see esther hicks oh i no i don't follow her oh my god um abraham abraham hicks uh ask and it's given the book it's all the attraction and right yes yes Um, oh i'm so excited i'm so excited and i'm taking my me and my little sister are going she's beyond excited She's got, she's got all of her questions ready. So like, I, I know, I know she's gonna choose me. She's gonna choose me. I've got all my questions ready. Um, but I I that that and we're not talking the secret or anything like that. We're talking a really, I mean it's 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 lifelong learning, is the you know, it the law of attraction, it's vibration, it's what you put out, you get in. There's no sort of one thing that you can do to kind of live a life around that. And all of these things like EFT, like coaching, like NLP, they all They all kind of connect. They're all part of this little sort of lovely um, connection, like a like a bit of a puzzle, really. You know, so it's not just doing one thing and it's it's finding what works for you. And it doesn't matter if something's woo or not, if it works for you and it and it helps. It's it's wonderful.
1: Absolutely. I think that one of the things I love to live by is one of my core values is curiosity and it's being open to open just even if it seems something that I kind of reject I try my best to keep open to it I hope that you know that it won't be seen as woo-woo. there is a lot of there is a lot of um, research going into it and it, I mean it is something that's been studied don't get me wrong I hope that it doesn't stop people from experiencing it or at least trying it once because it really is proof in the pudding and and yeah. it is remarkable um but i agree i agree with you bonnie I, yeah
0: yeah completely yeah uh, yeah oh i could talk forever with you i, I really could um And and I mean what I say. I'd really like to do some sort of like regular sessions where maybe we pick like a topic, you know, around coaching, around what we can share with people to help them. I think would be such a lovely thing to do, you know. I think we are pretty similar in in our thoughts, but I think we we probably do have some things that are um, you know slightly different, not necessarily clashing different. But what I've come to understand is actually I, I came to a point where I was only listening listening to people who had exactly the same mindset as me and exactly the same values and exactly the same they wanted exactly the same out of life from me and honestly it's no good <laughs> you have to open yourself up to people who have got completely different I'm not saying you've got different views to me but completely different views people who are maybe a little bit you know on the edge with certain things where it's like oh hang on a second I have I'm, I'm not sure whether I feel comfortable about that and what it does is it makes you think about you and your core values and how you think about stuff and it almost sort of cements and, and concretes in everything about you or it makes you think "Ooh, I'm not sure whether what I was thinking is what I want to think now I'm I think I might want to change my mind about how I felt about that and and you know just talking to so many different people with different views, different values, different everything. Um, I think it's just a wonderful thing to do. Opening yourself up to everything is fabulous.
1: I completely agree. I think it's, it's wonderful to meet people who challenge my beliefs. It, it can be quite scary sometimes to do because obviously if we get challenged on certain things, it kind of brings up question marks of how we need to change and it, and it is that's a scary prospect in some senses but i think it is and it's beautiful to see how um it's only by talking to people that are different that i feel truly inspired and i feel truly motivated and alive as well i think we can get definitely into bubbles of just talk just being with people like us you know yeah. and i've definitely done that uh, before but i think it would be a real shame um i think it's a kind of thing isn't it as well that the people who are like me are kind of that the home that i kind of go back to and people who are different are sort of the adventure that you can kind of go on and explore it's quite nice i think to have both it, i don't think it has to be one or the other either
0: yeah Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you. So nice to see you again. And um, yeah, I think we should set up something regularly. I think it'd be really, really nice. Yeah. I would love that. Yes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that would be great. Yes, I'd love really? that, Bonnie. I'd love to do like a a, a regular spot with you. I yes. love talking to you. I just talking I oh, to you.
0: <laughs> well, it's really nice to see you and all of your Christmas. You've, you've even got your gorgeous Christmassy top on. It just looks so lovely. Um, and I've just got dogs in the background. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm you can see of my favorite. Things. I've got you can, you can see my. I've got the new little puppy sitting on the chair there. She's been oh. ever so good. She's having such a good What's her name? She's so cute. She's called uh, Dora. Oh Dora. She looks yeah. very, very comfortable as well in that chair. That she yes. claimed yeah. She's claimed it. She's eaten all of the buttons off my expensive cushions, but we don't care. <laughs> no. They just
1: get away with it. It's the same with my Max. You know, I'm just like, you know, you do something naughty, but then you look into those beautiful brown eyes and all of a sudden it just fades away. <laughs>
0: Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, have a very, very lovely Christmas, and I'll get in touch, and we'll see if we can set something up. We'll, we'll maybe look at some subjects to, yeah, to rip rip apart in the new year.
1: Sounds <laughs> brilliant. But do you need anything from me at all? Any kind of anything from me for the podcast? Any nothing? You don't need.
0: Oh, I'll I'll get in touch. Photo and some links and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been a joy to talk to you, Hannah. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been so lovely to catch up with you again.
1: You too, Bonnie. So lovely to see you. And I hope you have the most
0: wonderful Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. All right, darling, see you soon. See you. Bye. 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 I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at BonnieSnowdenAcademy.com And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.